Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, businesses and venues are slowly reopening around the country. And hopefully, hopefully before too long, most everything will be pretty much fully open back up, including, I expect, one of your favorite places to visit, Disney World. Whether it is a Disney venue or somewhere else, Trish, what would you say is your favorite theme park or amusement park or even county fair ride? Oh, the ride. See, I thought you were going to ask me my favorite theme park. Oh, that's too easy. Disney World. Uh, that's not an. That's not even a hard question. It's what's, not even Disney World. It's Epcot. Okay, favorite ride. ride. Okay, I got it. I have it. My favorite ride so far, my entire life has been Tron, which is at Disneyland Shanghai. Oh, that, that thing. Cool. Oh my gosh! Laying down on that motorcycle, and uh, there is absolutely nothing I have found like that yet. So yeah, I, what's yours? I forgot about Tron. I would probably vote for that had I remembered it prior to uh, thinking about my answer. No, you can't. You can't change now. What I've got two going? answers, Trish. I've got <laughs> okay. an old school. I've been both very old school. Okay. You remember a ride called the Rotor? This is like a county fair kind of a ride. No, right? can you describe it? Maybe it was called something different here in the Midwest where we. This you know, this we... was this was an exceedingly unsafe ride, probably banned in modern America. But <laughs> it was a circular ride, and you you. Uh, got into the ride and you stood with your back against the wall in a oh, giant circle. Yes. Mm-hmm. The circle began to spin around and around faster and faster and faster. And eventually the floor dropped out yeah. several feet down and the centrifugal force or centripetal force, whatever the right force. And is, you stick to the wall. Sticks you to the wall. Right. Right. Until the ride slows down enough and then you fall. That's, okay. That was the whole ride. That was one of my favorites. Love that. You would, have, you would have liked our Midwest name for that, which was Tom's Twister, since you're oh. such a fan of of like tornado movies um yeah it was called tom's twister i'm gonna tell you we can do we're gonna do a whole show on twister one day over my oh, we're going to do not. it by the way so <laughs> good stuff all right trish uh lots to talk about today we've got a really interesting show with so many of um our events in our industry and really every industry all kinds of meetings gatherings of any kind right uh, unable to happen not able to be in person, Uh, everybody's shifting to virtual, again, both for big public events as well as internal events as well. We've been following this space really closely, right, for stuff that we're working on, whether it's HR Tech, HR Tech China, other things we're working on and following it really closely. And I don't know, a month or so ago, maybe a little bit more, uh, we were uh, lucky enough to attend virtually uh, the great event put on by the folks at Skillsoft. And it was such an impressive event just from a delivery, from content, from platform, just every element of it was, I mean, just, we were blown away, as I recall, watching it. And we, we were chatting about it on the, on the phone that day. Uh, we thought we would talk to them about it. And so we invited Skillsoft's Chief Marketing Officer, Michelle Bookoff-Bidek, to join us today. Michelle leads a global marketing organization focused on helping companies unlock the hidden value inside their greatest asset, their people. In her role, Michelle is responsible for the company's marketing strategy to drive growth, generate awareness, and drive demand for Skillsoft solutions among learners, customers, and partners. She oversees all key functions, including customer marketing, corporate communications, demand generation, marketing operations, and business development. And most importantly, she serves as the company's brand evangelist, and she was a great host at this virtual event too, by the way, helping to build a vibrant community of passionate learners. Please welcome Michelle to the HR Happy Hour Show. Michelle, how are you? 
I am great. And and for those who don't know, please call me Michelle DB. Book off FIDA can be quite the mouthful. I, I'm going to tell it you. It's a pleasure I, to be I, here. I, I'll tell you, I, I said it the one time at the top. I, I probably won't go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Awesome for you to be here. Before we get into talking about the Skillsoft Perspectives event, which again was just yeah. so wonderful. Um, do you have a ride, an amusement park, county fair, something, uh, something you would pick, Michelle? Yeah, you know, I am a huge fan of, and, I, and it's probably called something very different, depending on where you are, of the pirate ship. You know, the thing that kind of uh -oh. goes back and oh. forth, but, but only, but wait, but only if you're sitting in the way back. Because if you're sitting in the middle, oh, yeah. it's kind of a mild ride. But if you're <laughs> sitting in the back, let me tell you, it's quite the experience. Yeah, that's a it, pirate ship ride's a classic, right? You find it pretty much yeah. everywhere around the country. Most places have it. And yeah, that's a solid one. Good, good, good. <laughs> good stuff. I haven't ridden that in years, though. I feel like I should. I feel like I want to go to a carnival now that we're talking about it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the mood, too. Uh, hopefully, we'll get out there soon. Uh, all right, Michelle, like I said in the, in, at the top, we um we're so ha impressed and just blown away by the the job you you're, you and the team and let's emphasize there had to be a pretty big team uh, behind this yeah um, how you transitioned the skillsoft perspectives event into a virtual event that was incredibly compelling so maybe we can let's just start off with a little bit of maybe kind of setting a little context and, and and telling our audience a little bit about kind of what the plans were for the event prior to the pandemic that made you change all your plans and then how you guys sort of took on the, the challenge of transitioning to, to a global 24-hour virtual event. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, look, perspective is a long-time tradition for Skillsoft. Um, and when I joined the eight, eight and a half months ago, we were in the midst of, of planning for it. And it, it was a series of regional in-person conferences, and we would bring together customers and industry experts and analysts for two days of learning and networking. And, and by all accounts, it was very popular, and, and um, people really enjoyed being there. And then, you know, we, we entered this year, and I think it was probably March 2nd or 3rd, and we're sitting around, and we're finalizing plans, and there's a team of us. And as we were thinking about perspectives, you could see everybody's face start to shift, right? So the expression started to shift as people thought about, well, wait a minute, this um, pandemic, which we weren't calling a pandemic at the time, but this, this um, virus, mm -hmm. uh, COVID-19, um, that we're all hearing about, you know, people are starting to rethink their travel. And, you know, do we think people are going to come? And is it safe? And do we really want to put employees and customers at risk? And so as you... <laughs> As we sat there, I think it was March 2nd, you could almost see um, sort of that light bulb go on and we recognized and realized um, that we needed to do something different. And at that point, I think there was probably a lot of fear in our hearts. And on March 9th and 10th, um, we actually had to, to rethink this. So again, if we're gonna do something different, we, we recognized that it couldn't just be as simple as doing an online or webinar version of what we had planned to do in person. It had to reflect our new brand, which we had just launched, um, our vision to democratize learning. And that meant that we had to create something brand new that encouraged people to want to participate live. And I know that you spent a lot of time um, tuning into the broadcast. And in thinking through it, um, we were able to turn it into a global digital experience that, that I believe shifted the way people learn and grow and, and hopefully um, established a standard for what our events are going to be in the future. So 
you know, when I think about it again, back in early March, and I want to say it was the 9th and 10th, we actually spent 28 hours over a two-day period in a design thinking workshop to really determine what would make for a best-in-class live experience. And we drew some inspiration from some of the most unexpected places, um, like that big football match that happens in February that you cannot name, um, like Peloton, right, and the way they engage their fans in a built community, uh, like Apple, when they do these amazing product reveals. Uh, and we even drew inspiration from The Bachelor, believe it or not, for what they've been able to do on social. And the result truly was something reimagined. It was a global digital experience. It ran 24 hours live. It followed the sun across four continents. And I think, you know, we managed to pack it with everything that leaders and their learners need to upskill and reskill at this time because we don't know what the future is going to hold. And so it was a really great opportunity for us to rethink this event. But at the same time, I hope that we were able to deliver the kind of experience that people need right now. You know, a couple things, Michelle. Um, when I think back to, you know, signing up for that, and I've been to the in-person event, which was amazing. Obviously, the networking and the learning um, that you all put forth in the in-person event is, is bar none. But going through, um, when I heard it was going to be a 24-hour event, and I was kind of joking before we started the recording, I, I happened to have insomnia a little bit now during this pandemic. And that happened to be one of the nights I was up. And so I was participating live. And what I found really interesting, um, one of the things I had, had studied um, when I was, was becoming a human resource leader was around adult learning principles. And that, you know, you have to have all of these different ways that people like to learn and take in information. And when you say it's, you said it was truly different. I think a lot of companies say that about their, their events or whatever it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'll attest, it was truly different. And, you know, some of the notes that I even um, made that, that very night, um, before it even got to the U.S. version, which of course was amazing, <laughs> uh, you know, bright and early 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Um, but you had, it wasn't, you're right, it wasn't just sort of a webinar format. It was, you had head-to-head -head debates. You had ask the speaker mm -hmm. sessions. You had, mm -hmm. you know, MCs that were engaged and lively and taking questions and watching the Twitter stream. It was like, it truly was a digital experience. And so I think my comment is that based on sort of the Skillsoft culture that I had experienced previously mm -hmm. over the years, uh, it really matched, which I, I'd love to hear just, you know, you, you talked about having a 28-hour time frame to do this. Um, how, how hard was it or was it difficult to get everyone to really try and reimagine it? Because I think everyone else we've seen has really just sort of, you know, changed what they had into sort of a webinar format. How hard was that to get people really on board with doing something really different? You know, it's such an interesting question. And I think because we had such a small team from the outset doing this design thinking workshop and we didn't let anything hold us back, right? It, it, it became almost an opportunity to, to really do something different without, without much risk, right? Because really what we were looking at was an event that had typically catered to about 800 to 1,000 people was probably not going to see near that much. And so we wanted to do something. We wanted to, again, democratize this event and make it available to everyone for free. And so 
we recognize that in in living this vision that we had for learning that we could take a risk without too much you know potential fallout and 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 i think that you know we came up with something that was so vastly different and then when we started to put it in place right so when we started to build by the way we're an agile shop so when we started to build out the squads that would actually run this we 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 had seven different squads um everything from main stage to marketing to something we called sprinkles and i can tell you what that means in a few minutes but when we started to put this together we just we moved we had eight weeks we didn't have a lot of time and it wasn't until i was talking to a fellow cmo who's like you know that thing that you're doing it feels overly ambitious and i took a look and i, I thought i thought to myself oh my gosh have we taken on too much or are, are we doing you know is this the right thing to do and had we had more time and had we really put more people against it initially had we not been so out of the box and just made a decision to move forward i'm not sure it would have been as successful because i think we would have taken a step back and said, oh, maybe we're being too ambitious. Mm -hmm. Maybe we shouldn't be as bold. Maybe we shouldn't take as many risks. And, you know, it was a really good lesson that sometimes you have to take risks in order to come up with your, you know, with your best output. Yeah, Michelle, I got to think also there, you're dealing with the challenges of your own, your own teams, right? Being disrupted themselves, mm. right? The pandemic was happening yes. to your organization and all of your people at this very same time as well. And I imagine you had to figure out how to work through that disruption too. You know, we absolutely did. And what I will say is that, you know, um, look, Perspectives 2020, it, it was a, it allowed us to accelerate our adoption of Agile, which actually helped here. Um, we, we were able to utilize certain tools and technologies to um, bring our folks together in ways that we just hadn't before. So whether it was you know, through the use of Asana or Microsoft Teams, and we had daily standups and we had seven squads and ultimately Perspectives um, was the culmination of you know, eight weeks uh, of work by 138 people um, you know, it was, it was something that we, we were really proud of because people, people not only planned, but they stayed engaged while working remotely, while dealing with children who, you know, weren't in school. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, this experience and the ability to focus on something like perspectives that, that for them had a lot of meaning, for us has a lot of meaning, empowering. And, you know, we, it gave us a sense of purpose because when you looked at the types of content that we brought forth, whether it was the world-class keynotes, Sean Aker, right, author of Big Potential mm -hmm. and The Happiness Advantage, Tara Westover, um, New York Times bestseller, educated, Neelam Dwam, the head of the IBM Indie Advisory Board, Josh Burson, Ali Watson, founder and CEO of Code Like a Girl, it, you know, the list goes on. But you highlighted a couple of things that I think you know, made this an extraordinary event. These moderated panels between practitioners and experts on the topics of things like business continuity planning, because that's what we were all facing. So all of the, the content we tried to make relevant for the, the time frame we were in, um, the hosted head-to-head -head debates, you know, one of which I thought was really um, quite lively. Who's responsible for helping people gain necessary job skills? Is it governments? or is it private sector? And the audience got engaged. And so, you know, when you think about this, I think that it was the 
right experience at the right time. And I'm not sure that we, that, that, you know, if it had been done at any other time, it would have worked as well, right? Um, but because of the moment in which we found ourselves, not only were our teams engaged and motivated to produce this and, and make sure that it was the highest quality, highest caliber event possible, but also I think people were really looking for something, some way um, to um, get involved, to, to get engaged and, and to get some, uh, to, to get this kind of content, you know, brought to them in a way that I think was partially uh, infotainment. I think that's the perfect way to describe it, truly, because I was, I was utterly entertained while I was learning. And I think, too, with many of the, you know, I've been over, over my course of my career, a Skillsoft customer in the past, and I think that's a lot of it, too, right? You're, oh, thank you. You're, you're giving um, your customers um, not just, you know, courses that are, that are sort of dry or, or whatever. It's, it's all very well put together, well thought out, which I think was, was obviously reflected in the way that you did it from a live perspective. Um, one of the things, you know, we mentioned just a few minutes ago was, you know, you were doing this while you had a, a new brand coming out and being launched. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about how you really had to, to think about that and how that came through during Perspectives? I think that's a great question. So, you know, when, when we think about the word brand, I think a lot of people automatically default to visual identity, right? But brand isn't a logo. It's not a name. It's not a color palette. Um, brand is the experience that people have with a business. And we can all think about those brands that we are immediately drawn to. We share a belief in what they stand for. I mean, think about a brand that you love. I'll tell you the brand that I love the most, Peloton, right? It gets me. Um, I love my Peloton. And I'm sure that there are brands that, that, you, that, that you love because they understand you. There's a promise in those brands that they deliver every single day. Um, I would argue that Skillsoft, although we are a company that people identified with and every, you know, people use on a daily basis, our brand values weren't reflected in the who we were. Um, our outsides didn't match our insides. And so we spent a lot of time, um, you know, probably starting almost when, when I joined the company to better understand our customers and their needs. We did a lot of data discovery and research, um, including brand co-creation sessions with our customers and their learners. And we learned a lot about ourselves. And let me tell you, there were a lot of aha moments along the way. And while we've always led with learning, and, and I think that's fabulous, the biggest revelation was that it's all about the people who are learning and the people who make the difference, right? Because learning matters only when it makes an impact on your life. And then we realized as well, the second aha for us was that it's not just about who we are in our professional lives because we don't separate ourselves as people, right? It's about us as, as, as whole individuals. We're not just customers, we're not just employees, we're complex people, we're highly emotional, we all have our own perspectives and values and interests. And so we had to make sure that the brand reflected that. And then I think the, the third big aha for us is that learning isn't just an action, right? I don't just take this course and then I'm done. It's a true mindset. And it's a commitment that we all have to make to learning on a continuous basis. There's no end point. And so when you, when you think about all of that, and then you come back to perspective, 
We wanted to make sure that that experience that you had with us is one where first and foremost, we, fo we, we focused on and thought about the people who were gonna be there, making sure that this experience reflected their needs. And their needs weren't just about the content. And, and while some of the content I think was, was fantastic, um, there were other ways in which we wanted to engage people. First and foremost, think about um, the yoga breaks we did. Uh, think about the, which we had, we had a wonderful yoga instructor who joined us. You can look at um, Black Violin, the musical talent that we had in, which was just so fabulous in this genre-bending genre sound um, that we called our quote-unquote halftime show. Um, and then just the amazing, you know, some of the keynotes who, um, some you would expect, right, in, the, in this space of learning, talent development, growth, but also some that might, you might think, well, that's a little bit outside, like a Tara Westover who wrote the book Educated. And I would argue that that is, you know, there was no better time to bring Tara forward than at a time when all of our kids, for those of us who, who have kids who are in school, are now having to take more control and ownership of their own learning. Right, who better than to, to, to talk about her journey um, than Tara Westover when she first went to school at age 17 and she had to take so much more control over her own journey and path. Um, so, you know, I, I find that this experience really did reflect that new brand and, and you see it throughout the entire event that we put on. Michelle, thank you uh, for sharing that. And uh, yeah, we did see it. You know, it was, it was pretty prevalent or obvious even in a way as we watched the event over that, uh, that long 24 hours. I, I wasn't quite as uh, <laughs> dialed in at 3 a.m. like Trish was, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was still really, really uh, obvious. Um, we want to take a quick uh, pause right now, Trish. We must thank our friends uh, at Work Human and Paychex uh, for their support. Um, uh, I, I, Trish, how about I'll do the work human spot and uh, then you can uh, talk to talk about our friends at Patreon. Sure, so absolutely. This episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is made possible by Work Human, who have now introduced Mood Tracker, a free modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. You can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. We have used mood tracker in our organization, Trish, and I'm, I'm waiting to get a little feedback on that uh, from uh, my, my management, <laughs> but uh, hopefully I will soon. But it's really super easy, fun, and um, just uh, really easy for employees to share how they're feeling and, and for organizations to check up on their employees. So really, really cool product, and I encourage everybody to check that out. It is. And actually, I, the fact that they're sharing that for free right now is, is just something absolutely worth trying. We tried it. Obviously, we, we are enjoying the use our, ourselves. Um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't share something that we wouldn't actually spend our own money on, quite honestly. And so it's, it's a great deal. Um, I can also say the same for paychecks. Um, you know, longtime friend of the show. And the things that they do there are just really impactful. Um, I know that right now they um, currently have a leadership series podcast going on, which provides insights around the latest trends in our profession. Um, it's featuring a variety of expert guests and influencers, including you and I, we did That's an episode with them as well. Right. And their business series specifically is featuring conversations with business owners and paychecks experts around the issues of, of uh, the day, including um, the challenges they're facing during the pandemic, um, also, I just want to point out that you can go to paychecks.com right now and they have a very robust 
um, set of solution uh, tools that are free right now for um, any of us dealing with uh, the pandemic and especially for those uh, small businesses who are doing so. So they are one of the leading providers of HR and payroll and retirement and insurance solutions for business of all sizes. So thanks to Paychex. Yes, many, many thanks to, to them. Uh, Michelle, I'm tempted, you know, in my role uh, at HR Tech and, uh, and Trisha, mm. at HR Tech China, we're tempted to continue to ping you with questions about this virtual event. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, yeah. to, steal, to steal your ideas. I really do want to keep doing that, but I, I, sure. I think we probably ought to give you a, maybe on our listeners too a break from that and maybe just talk, uh, you mentioned uh, Skillsoft sort of so tied up with uh, over the years with helping organizations get better, helping people mm -hmm. get better, helping leaders get better, quite frankly. And I'd love mm -hmm. maybe to get mm -hmm. some of your thoughts um, on, on leading through these times, through this crisis. And, and what are some of the things that you've picked up either from your work in these last you know, few months at Skillsoft or maybe just in the past that, that helps you as a leader, as, as, as someone who's leading a big team, make it through times when times can get tough? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you touched on this because I, I, think, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the challenges that we've been, that we've been facing these you know, past few months. Um, look, the emergence of COVID-19, it, it changed everything. For, for all of us, every organization around the world. I mean, it eliminated in-person training for the foreseeable future. And, and, and when I say foreseeable, you know, there's, there's, we don't know when it will return, leaving, you know, on-demand, live virtual classes. But I do believe it also generated new training and learning needs almost overnight because topics like business continuity jumped to the top of everyone's radar. Digital transformation became even more important and in fact accelerated in a lot of cases. Um, courses on working remotely, managing virtual teams, work-life balance, stress management, and even understanding the impact of COVID-19 in the workplace, those became the greatest needs. And so, you know, you were, you were, you were talking for a minute about um, the, the company that, that opened up uh, their software and, and, you know, we felt the need to do so as well. And we opened up Percipio, our intelligent learning experience platform for 60 days. Um, we did it for 90 days for students because what we were seeing was an increase in a desire to get, for, for people to um, not only understand some of these challenges, the working remotely, the managing virtual teams, but because people had more time on their hands, they wanted to gain new skills. And because they didn't know what was going to happen, they wanted to try and learn other things. And since mid-March, we've seen a 317% increase in learning content access and wow. a 258% increase in total learning hours. And it's crazy. Um, and just so you know, when, when we say that we opened this up, this platform up for 60 days, um, since we were tracking at the, I think the end of March, almost 25,000 people have taken advantage. And so, yeah. you know, I think that this has been a real wake up call for so many leaders and learners that physical proximity or, or physical events aren't the only way to connect and they aren't the only way to learn. And I think we've all taken or gone, you know, this collective crash course in how to be productive outside the safety of our usual routine. And, you know, Skillsoft has been around for a very long time. So digital learning has been happening, but I'm not sure that it's happened at the pace that our chief learning officers, our, you know, talent development professionals have wanted. And then there was literally this overnight shift right, where people started to adopt virtual learning because it made sense from a business perspective, because they needed to do it, because we still have to take those compliance training courses, because we still need to give people the tools they need. But we also realized that working from home 
isn't necessarily a bad thing. Now, I'm not saying that it's a long-term plan for everyone because I think people are starting to experience some fatigue. But I do believe that the way that we move forward is going to change. And I think we're going to start to see um, some sort of hybrid model. Now, I know some companies have said, hey, we're going to go and you never have to come back into an office if you, if you want. I, I, I'm a little reticent to um, think that that's going to be the, the, the best model. I do believe that there is going to be a way in which we can blend online and face-to-face -face when it's safe to sustain business growth and viability. Um, but the thing that I think that the pandemic highlighted in particular for me and for, for our organization is the skills and competencies that I said weren't on the radar at the beginning of the year. And I think we have a real responsibility to help create a future fit resilient workforce. And I want to underscore that word resilient workforce that is focused on developing both competencies, right, the knowledge and the experience, along with those job specific skills. And I think that as leaders, we have a responsibility to equip our employees with the tools and the resources they need. And this isn't just, again, about the job-specific skills, although critically important. But we need to be thinking about the mental and physical well-being of our employees. We have to prioritize our people. We need to look, and it's probably a lot harder, to figure out how we can identify opportunities for both training and learning development. Um, and then how we empower people with the technologies that we have to give them the best possible experiences. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that this is an opportunity for us all to step back. But if there's one thing that I, I would um, offer up um, from my experience and, and, you know, what I see in, in talking to so many leaders lately is that this is the time right now, especially now, that we have to bring back empathy, compassion, and concern. And, and you know, we have to be human. Um, because emotional intelligence is truly our, our best guide in times of uncertainty. And I think when we are compassionate leaders who strive to understand how others feel and we provide them the time, um, the resources and the environment with which to reach their full potential, they do. You know, I love that you, you mentioned being a compassionate leader. One of the things as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, these, these are very challenging times for, for leaders personally as well, right? They're trying to do their best mm -hmm. in guiding their teams and being a compassionate leader. I wonder if you could maybe share just any personal examples of um, either maybe something, something good that's come of this for, you know, for yourself as a leader, working from home, working remote, teams remote, or, or maybe something that's been a little challenging. Because I think sometimes as a team member, we don't really think about the fact that our leaders are going through quite a lot of stress as well, right? They have the same type of fears maybe over becoming sick or children or mm -hmm. older members of the family. Could you maybe share uh, something that, that was really positive that's come out of this for you personally as a leader and then maybe something that's a little more challenging that you didn't anticipate? Yeah, no, I... I... I love that question. So, um, you know, it's funny, I was talking to somebody earlier, and I'm going to share with you what I shared with her, because it, it, it dawned on me as she asked me a very similar question. Um, right before I joined Skillsoft, I was the CMO of IBM Watson, and I was traveling to New York every week. And in doing so, I worked in New York, and I, I live in the Boston area. 
So I was commuting and I rationalized it really well. You know, um, I traveled during the week. I spent time with my family on the weekends and it worked really well. Everybody loved it. Um, the time we spent was quality and, you know, and then this happened. I, I joined Skillsoft. They're still traveling a lot, but, but, you know, um, home a little bit more. And then this happened. Um, and I realized that this entire time I had been rationalizing the fact that I, I hadn't been there for my family. And it was um, almost as if I, I had to take a really hard look in the mirror and say, I'm not sure I want to go back to that. I don't think that that experience or that life that I had been living is one that I want to do. And, and I, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I was disappointed in myself for having sort of, you know, rationalized away the fact that I wasn't there for my family. Now, I say that, um, I'm sure they're eager for me to get back on the road, trust me. <laughs> Sounds like mine. <laughs> But it was it was um, it was a really important learning moment for me that um, it can't just be about work and it can't you, you you really do have to try and strive for a better balance and I'm not saying that 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 there is a a real balance but a better work and life mashup um, you know with my teens I've always been really transparent I think the thing that we've done that has worked well is that we've established a routine. There's normalcy in what we, you know, in this chaos that we find ourselves. So we hold our monthly all hands. We do weekly check-ins. We do new hire lunches through DoorDash and they're all virtual. We have oh, our I thankful like Thursdays. Yeah, it's been, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and to the extent it's possible, we work very hard to maintain the cadence of the organization. Um, we communicate frequently and with purpose. Um, and we're there for each other. So as leaders in the organization, we're there to offer guidance. But we've just done, you know, we've done a lot of snack breaks and things with people. And if you want to come, you come. But just as a way to try and stay connected. And then, you know, the hardest thing, especially right now, is to stay positive. But I think we have to try. Um, because while there is tremendous uncertainty in this world, it is so important to stay optimistic and supportive in every interaction with our employees. And, and look, this transcends even a virtual environment. And again, I think that there is um, no more important time to put these practices into place uh, for ourselves as, as leaders, um, but also for the people who rely on us every day. Michelle, well said, and thank you for sharing that, really. Uh, I mean, and <laughs> it resonated with me too, because I've had the same issues with my family throughout all this. And I'd, I'd be working harder to, to rectify them, except uh, I'm not completely sure where they live. So, but once I figured out, <laughs> I'm going to strive to do better. <laughs> I'm sort of, kidding. but uh, now, Michelle, this is, this, like I said, I, I could ping you for another half an hour. Maybe I'll just call you after this recording. <laughs> Your new best friend. This virtual event that I was so impressed with. But um, Michelle, I should, and I apologize for not checking on this before we, before the sure. show and before we let you go. Is, the, is some of the content or the experience or perspective, is it still available? Is it still out there? Can we still uh, can we get yeah. the chance to, to, to enjoy what we did? How, how can they kind of get connected? Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage everybody to go to skillsoft.com slash perspectives where you can register and every single piece of content is available on demand, including my very lively exchange with my new best friend, Jez Rose, who, if you didn't get a chance to see the event or you were sleeping, I think it was at maybe 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, 
uh, my co-host in Europe was wearing a massive share-like headdress. <laughs> and so I'm going to leave you with that because I because if I say that and I don't see anything else, you're probably going to go no. check it out. It's worth right. checking out. That yeah, that was I I did see that. I was out. Yeah. I remember that. That was really good. Really good. So yeah. um yeah, wow. So this is great. Yeah, definitely check this out. So again, certainly for the content, but also for the experience. And, and honestly, like we said at the top, mm -hmm. so many of our organizations and learning professionals inside organizations and people in HR professionals who are listening to this are trying to find ways to engage with their own people, right? And in, in, in innovative mm -hmm. ways aging ways in ways that are beyond just, oh, here's another webinar or here's another kind of video. Right. You guys did such a great job and it was really inspirational and entertaining as you well, or infotaining as you said, and uh, <laughs> definitely want people to check that out. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Trish, and I grant credit to you. You, you. I think you you pinged me that morning early to say, hey, you need to check this out. I was. I did. I think it was like four in the morning or three in the morning. <laughs> or you were tweeting about it, I think. I, yeah. I tweeted like, here's the thing. Like, I tweet very randomly now. I used to tweet a lot more. That was, I was like on it. I was, yeah. I was on their chat. I was on Twitters. I was everywhere with it. But it was, it was, no, it was sincerely that, that impressive. I, yeah. I always well, like when I learn, and I did, I learned a ton. You know the thing, and I, I, I want to share this moment because, you know, when you do something like this, you don't know if they're going to come. And I, I didn't share any numbers, but with your permission, I would love to just tell you. So, so remember I said Perspectives was an event that would probably draw 800 to uh, 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. We had 42,000 registrants of which wow. more than four, I know, more than 14,000 people consumed 1.4 million minutes of content. So you weren't alone. Um, and, you know, when we launched, so, um, you, you know, I, I, I hosted for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. When we launched at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Daylight Time, which was uh, 9 a.m. in Australia, mm -hmm. you know, there was a moment when I was wondering if you build it, will they come, right? We had 42,000 people register, but are they really going to engage? Are they going to participate? And when Australia went live and the, the main stage chat, chat lit up, and then we saw everybody writing in about, um, you know, we had Special Olympics athletes who participated and they were just amazing and inspirational. And we saw um, people commenting, um, Ariel font purple 14 for Kira, which, you know, again, you have to go see to, to, to fully understand. We knew that this was something different and that this was something that um, people were really going to be inspired by and so at that moment and we realized the chat was going crazy we're like we have to put more facilitators on this so that night people <laughs> were on the phone no truly saying oh hey gosh. what are you doing tomorrow you want to help facilitate?" because we knew that when the u.s went online the next day oh, wow. it was going to be it was going to sure. be crazy so we had to um we had to pull in a lot more people <laughs> Nice. <laughs> which is a good problem to have. Hey, this is the real, the actual definition of learning on the fly, right? What you were talking about That's at the right. top of the show, right? As you had to figure this out in eight weeks time. Yeah. All right, Michelle, we'll let you go. We've been, we've been monopolizing your time now and uh, <laughs> selfishly, I'll admit it for myself, but uh, Michelle Bookoff, Bidek, uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us, sharing some of the learnings and the approach and, and the successes of perspectives and also keeping that content available for folks to check out because it, like I said, we've been gushing on it a little bit and I'm not ashamed to say, uh, you know, it, it, it was really, really just top class all the way. So uh, thanks again. Oh, thank you. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. All right, Trish.
good stuff. Um, I'm glad you uh, were on this early and we uh, got a great experience out of it and a great show out of it too. I know. Oh, no, good, it, was, good. it was wonderful. So I'm really, I'm really excited. And actually there were a couple that I missed um, during the, uh, the portion where India came live. And so I, I'm yeah. planning on going back and catching up a little bit on that. I may watch some of the, some of the European ones as well too, again, because they were just so good. You mentioned the um, business continuity panel. That was one of my very favorites. So yes, very Yeah. Good. You know, um, I got a couple of hours of sleep only because I had to be on <laughs> all day US, right? So, so I had to get a couple of hours of sleep or it wouldn't have worked, but I woke up to the business continuity because I had it on all night and mm -hmm. I just fell asleep. And then, um, I woke up to the business continuity panel because it was lively and, um, it, you know, um, it was a, it was a great experience and, and, you know, I don't know what we're going to do next year to be really candid. I'm not sure that we'll know where we are or um, what our customers are going to need. Um, but we'll deliver against something that works. But to me, I think we, I think we tapped into kind of the zeitgeist of a moment, right? I'm not sure that this kind of thing would have worked um, had, you know, had we, had we not been in the midst of a global pandemic, had we not, seen this need or this this craving for this kind of information and, and entertainment at the same time. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's, it's not about how do we top this going forward. It's about how do we ensure that what we deliver in everything we do meets the needs of our customers and their learners at the time, right? Yeah. yeah. So who knows? But you know what? Um, you, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm sure it will be just as enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. And a great way to kind of cap off this, uh, this conversation. Michelle, again, thank you so much. Great, great stuff. Thank you. Uh, Skillsoft.com slash perspective. Trish, thank you. And uh, great, uh, great show. Great conversation. And that's it. I think I'm gonna take us right out of here. Um, thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. For Michelle, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bowes. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. And bye for now.